when you are present with somebody and interested in what they're passionate about as well, and you're linking with like-minded people, it's also humbling to know that I don't know shit. I looked at them like, I am a baby. Break it down to me. The right people want to show you the way. And as long as you are grateful and you show up and you are a good student, people are going to give you those answers. Is that much of it? Is that not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post-9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 55 features Haley Marie McLean Hill, a former Air Force maintenance officer turned NFL cheerleader turned entrepreneur. She's the founder of Torch Warrior Wear, an apparel company that designs and produces bodysuits for women service members. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right. I think we are good to go. I'm on airplane mode. We've waited the right amount of of time on Riverside. Haley McLean Hill, welcome to Veteran Made. Hey, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. What's going on? Uh, you're very, very welcome. I'm super excited. There are a couple of organizations that we're gonna that we're gonna talk about today. Um, and before we dive in, I would love it if you could just give our audience a bit of a primer on kind of who who you are, where you served, um, and then we'll jump into the entrepreneurship uh, after that. I just kind of want to give a primer. Perfect. Yep. What's up, everyone? I'm Haley. I did ROTC at Penn State, did five years there, graduated and commissioned and moved down to Atlanta to be a gold bar recruiter. So spe specialized in recruiting for the ROTC diversity ranks and the officer ranks. And then they moved me to California to Beale Air Force Base as a force support officer. And I was a section commander for the 9th Maintenance Squadron. And then I ran the base gym before transitioning out. Nice. So I was I was an enlisted Air Force uh, maintainer. So um, we've got that. And I went to Ohio State. So we've got the Big Ten connection too. what years were you at Penn State? Oh, Ohio State. That's tough. Um, <laughs> I was there 2013 to 2018. OK, OK. Yeah, I Saquon have, was there, all those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. done, I've been to one game at State College, which was an incredible experience. It was a night game. It was a whiteout. It was like all that stuff. And the Buckeyes won, so it was even, <gasps> it was even better. But um, was, which game was that? What year? It would have been 2000. It was national championship year for us. So JT Barrett, um, it was, um, yeah, 2004, 13 or 14. So your freshman, sophomore year, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Yes. I cheered there. So I'm like, oh, a cool. diehard. I'm a diehard Penn State football fan. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, yeah. I, I love the Big Ten and we can all hate Michigan together. So, yes. Um, so I think, uh, I think, I think we'll get along just fine. Um, yes. I saw a guy, awesome. random story. I know I have to say this, but I saw a guy literally in Long Beach with a Michigan shirt on. I was like coming out of the grocery store. I saw him. I was just like immediately like, boo, I just kept it yeah. walking. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's the soundtrack. That's the soundtrack of their life. So you know what? That's fine. If you're going to wear that shirt, you're going to hear it. You know, it's, it's all good. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Um, Okay, cool. So, I mean, you, so you've, you founded Torch Warrior Wear, and then you have a nonprofit as well, right? So I actually am doing three, four profits right now. I have three okay. LLCs. I have Torch, a women's retreat company where we focus on developing team retreats, specifically in the professional cheer world. And then I do consulting. Okay, cool. I don't know why I thought the retreat was nonprofit for some reason. So my bad there. Um, but I'd love to, I'd love to start with, with Torch and, and then we'll kind of move through to the, to the other two. Um, and, and can you talk a little bit about why you started Torch Warrior Wear and, and what the genesis of, of the need was that you saw and, and why you, you thought to be the one to fill it? Definitely. So again, with my background in cheerleading and dance, it's very polar opposites, right? You have the military world, you have the cheer world. And what I realized is that our uniforms that we wore in the cheer world are always enhancing our performance. I feel like in the military world, as women, they don't fit us as well. Even in ROTC, I was wearing men's boots and men's pants because that's really all they had for us. So lack of confidence, not feeling great in my uniform, not being able to feel the best version of me when I'm wearing my uniform, I knew other women had this feeling. I mean, every conference I went to, the female uniform experience was always talked about how to improve it. So when I was in California and 
I literally woke up one day after going out with some friends and I had my normal outfit of a bodysuit and jeans on. And I woke up late for work and I was like, dang, like, I really wish I could have a bodysuit that was the right color and cut that I could wear it in my uniform because it would make me feel so much more comfortable. And then that's where the idea came from. And then I, since I was in California, I drove down to LA, found a fabric company, manufacturer because of the fashion district. And they were like, yeah, we can make this. I said, perfect. Put it on TikTok. And the girls agreed. They're like, we need this. <laughs> I, I love it. What, um, what do you think it was uh, or is about your, your mindset as a human that sets you apart? Because there's a lot of people that have a lot of ideas like, oh, I wish this thing existed. Um, and I, you know, if it existed, I would use it. Whereas you had the thought of like, I wish this thing existed and it doesn't, so I'm going to create it. Like, what, what was, what was just, what was that? What was that, Carrie? I mean, <laughs> it's funny you can say my, so my grandmother was um, in the Air Force for 20 years and I feel like I've always been surrounded. She was, she got out as a senior master sergeant. So having a senior master sergeant in your family, you kind of have that like go-getter attitude, I feel like. My mom also worked at NASA and like had me at 20 was in school, took a final exam like the next day after giving birth to me. I just feel like the, <laughs> I, know. I just feel like I come from a long line of women who have always told me since I was a young girl, like, go for it. And also my background in professional cheerleading and just that athlete mentality of like knowing that as long as I have a mentor or a coach to kind of show me the path of the way, I don't just kind of leap into things just like screw it, I'm gonna do it. I know that I can find a system or a person who can help me get to where I need to go. So I just kind of find the people and I'm like, I have this idea. I know the people who can make it, bring, bring it to life. So I'm just going to go for it. I love it. What were you thinking about on that, on that drive from Beale down to LA? Like, was it, were you by yourself driving down there? Like what, what were those thoughts? I wasn't. I actually met my boyfriend up in um, Northern California, some Santa Cruz beach boy. And he drove down with me and I was like, babe, like, let's, let's do it. And he's like, for sure. We got a hotel. We made it a fun little trip. And he's just walked around with me and was kind of my guy to be like asking me other set of questions, kind of my second set of eyes. And he's like, okay, we're, we're new to this. You know, how do we go about this whole thing? So it was fun. We made it fun and just started asking the simple, simple questions. I'm sure people thought we were stupid, but we were, we had no idea what we were doing. We just, everyone was super kind and, and welcoming. That's, uh, that's awesome. What, so what was next? Like, what was the, so you got some answers on that trip saying like, yes, we can do this. Yes, we can supply it. Yes, we can manufacture it. What did the brand building process look like for you from, and then the organization, organizational building process look like for you from, from that moment? Were you expecting to get that quick of a yes on that trip? Yes, I was okay. because I knew the exact vision and the idea of the product. And I was like, if they can make all these other products in the fashion district, I know they can make this. So once I got the yes, I knew the next step was the brand development of the brand. So the name, the logo, the, the colors. I hired a business coach as soon as I had the idea for my business. And she was the one who kind of broke down how to develop this brand from the product development side of things and the brand development side of things. So the product development side of things was kicking off. We're good to go. Brand development now, it's like, how do we reach our ideal customer? Where are they? How do I really get this message out to them? Biggest thing, e-commerce. I'm all e-commerce right now. So all I really needed for the, the operational side of things was a website and some social media. And so I was like, I'm a creative mind. I love social media. I love Instagram. I love kind of bringing things to life. So I just started putting my ideas out here, started seeing other brands that I really liked and was inspired by, oh, I like how they made this content. I'm going to kind of make something similar to this, but in a military sense. And I just started kind of piecing the puzzles together. Were you, how were you approaching like the regs of it all, right? Like, cause it, cause you're, you know, if you're making an, um, an undergarment or I guess, or like the, the shirt, I guess, would that be considered an undergarment in the, in the military, probably in the military uniform? It, yes. it is like, did you have to deal with any of that? Did you have to get any sort of specific approvals from like the DOD or any of the, the, the services themselves? Like, what did that process look like? Yes. So three things I did to make sure that this was okay. Number one, I called the Pentagon uniform office. I was like, I got this idea. Is this good to go? They said, yes, as long as it's the right color and cut. Number two, I actually linked up with a distributor, a distributor, a military distributor. So when I was at Beale, they have, you know, when you go on deployments, you call people to kind of bring in all your different deployment items, whatever. There was a company called DTS, Darbonet Tactical Supply, and they usually like were the, the middle person between the manufacturer and the base. So 
I reached out to them. I was like, do you guys, you know, what do you guys sell? How do you go about this? What is this whole process? What's this whole industry of actually selling to the military? And what does that look like? And they have literally taken me under their wing and brought me to different trade shows, introduced me to other manufacturers that sell to the government. So I kind of started getting this rounded picture of not just me in the uniform, but how do I actually supply to the military? And the third thing I did was just talk to my audience and say, hey, literally people on base, girls, what do you guys need? What would you want? How do we actually make this in regs and just reading up on the regs for the, the Air Force? I want to talk about that that third piece here in a, in a bit, but first that, that second piece is, is important. So a big through line on this podcast has become the idea of building relationships with other humans versus just like networking, quote unquote, right? And so you you did two things with item one, you're like, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call the Pentagon, I'm gonna call the person that makes this decision, get that answer. Cool, you got that answer, that's great. The second piece is there's somebody who knows something that I don't know that can connect me to other people. And you went and built a relationship with that person, those people, that entity. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of building that kind of human to human, mind to mind, heart to heart relationship as you scale something like this? It's everything, Carrie. It's everything. Um, when people like you, they're going to throw your name out there in a room full of opportunities. When you actually are present with somebody and interested in what they're passionate about as well and you're linking with like-minded people it just kind of becomes this world of like it's almost like oh my gosh like you get me and i get them and so also humbling myself to know that i don't know sh jack anything you can <laughs> curse like, it's all right okay. we curse on here all good <laughs> okay perfect military pockets perfect so it's like i don't know shit and i literally looked at them i was like i am a baby literally break it down to me and they and people like to help and to give back like people the right people like want to show you and show you the way. And as long as you are grateful and you, sh you show up and you are a good student, people are going to give you the, and you're gonna, and you're listening, people are going to give you those answers. Yeah. It becomes like this very reciprocal thing, right? Where you open yourself up to somebody, they open themselves up to you. And then there's like so much more to share between, between the two of you, because then you're more open to what you don't know. And they're maybe more open to what you don't know, because it's a reciprocal relationship. It's not just transactional where like Haley needs something from this organization. It's like, well, no, we're building a relationship here. and We're going to need things from each other. and have to give things to each other. Yeah, exactly. And I'm coming from a different perspective, too. It's like I've been in the uniform. I've I literally just took it off. Like, what does the new generation need and want? And so they're talking to me about like social media and all, the, all my strengths. And again, like you said, it's very reciprocal. And like, we're literally family at this point. Yeah, that's I love that. Okay, so your audience. Um, I think what what I find fascinating about the way that you've that it seems like you've approached your audience is really cool because I don't think dudes do this, or I don't think a dude would do this if they're building a business like that. So you've been thinking about okay, what I wear when I'm out in my civilian clothes and my civvies, right? As as we used to say. And then you're thinking about like, okay, well, how do I, how can I apply that? Men are just like, okay, well, here's my work uniform. Here's my military uniform. And then here's the clothes that I wear on the side. There's no like integration, but you're thinking about really integrating your whole life as a service member, as a woman. Yeah. Can you talk about what your, what your conversations have been like with your audience on that front and kind of how you arrived there? Yes. So I went to last year, I went to the Joint Women's Leadership Symposium. There's thousands of women who come from all over the world. These conferences where obviously where you're largest concentration of your ideal customer is i went there and i started to talk with them what i realized is that every other booth around me was either amazon technology school related education nothing creative was there at all i was like we are women we love a shopping experience we love to go into victoria's secret and like have someone ask us what we want you know it's like why can't we have that exact same experience when we're wearing our uniform, we wear a uniform 99% of the time. Other than, and then what I've also noticed is, I don't know if you've ever seen that trend where it was like women on TikTok and they were like in their uniform and they put their hand there and then they like yeah. were out of their uniform. And so I started seeing that too. And I'm like, everyone wants to showcase who they really are outside of their uniform. Like, how can we blend that, those things together? So I was like, let's make it cute. Let's make it fun. Yeah. What was the initial response um, when you... Well, so I guess what was the initial response when you put it out on TikTok saying, I want, I'm going to start this. And then what was the initial response at launch? And, and how did you plan for launch? When I put it out there that I was going to launch, I received literally information and comments from women from 
all over the world. So not even just the United States, it was Australian Navy, the German Army, the Dutch Army, women from the Canadian Air Force. They're like, I want to be a part of this brand. This is what I want. This is what I want to help. I want to help build this. And that's the other thing. It's like, we're a solution driven company. We're not just putting products out there that we're just like, I hope you like this. It's literally like, what do you need? And we're going to create that. So out, out of the out of me actually putting it out there, I asked them at the same time, what other products do you want me to see? What, what other products do you want to see? Then when we actually launched, I, I did a photo shoot, had a couple real women who are actually in the military, be my models, body inclusivity, wasn't just a typical skinny girls or whatever, it looked real. And so then that attracted the actual, my actual core audience. And then people were like, wow, like this is real. I thought it was just a joke. Like I thought you guys were just gonna like, you know, put it out there and be like, this is what it is. And it was gonna come out 10 years later. And now it was real, people were really excited. Yeah, it's great. The, the the realness of it is, I think, an important piece because um, there are, you know, every, everybody is different and everybody is different, right? Um, but then within the military, there's still like regulations and uniforms and things. And so um, right. finding a way that every, every, everybody that wants to use, every woman that wants to, to wear this can wear it, I think is, is a huge piece. Absolutely. Um, and Carrie, well, also I will say, men have reached out to me too and said, are you gonna be developing a men's line? And so I would love to get your opinion one day on what you would prefer to wear, to be more comfortable in your uniform too, because I think men would like the same thing. No, totally agree. That was actually on my list of questions to ask as we, as we got, kind of got towards the end was, you know, like what, what's, what's next and is there, are you opening it up to, to, to men as well? Um, so I guess, I guess we can, I guess we can go there now. Like, so, so you launched with what, what like SKUs did you launch with? And then what kind of plan did you have to roll more out? Yes, I launched with the Coyote Brown short sleeve because I was Air Force. I just assumed one branch, one color, let's start there. That was what my business coach told me. She said, one product, that's your hero product. So, okay. When I when I put it on TikTok, every branch and every other woman in every other service around the world was like, I need this color, this color, this color. So I ended up having seven colors for every branch of the military in a short sleeve. Then it was because I launched that in, we started the business in June of 2021 we probably got our first inventory going in October. So it started getting cold. So then women were like, what about the long sleeve? So then I was like, oh, I got a new long sleeve. So I was kind of trapped in the kind of like trying to people please. So not a great idea for anybody. Just really should have just focused on one product. I started kind of put myself in a hole there because we weren't expanding as fast as we were actually selling our products. So the next idea, now that we're two years in, really is just honing in on our ideal customer. I, I think we're only about one to 2% of military women that we've actually reached. We have so much more that we can be really focusing on. So I would say rolling out new products in the next year or two, maybe different materials, like a fire resistant, kind of leaning into mm -hmm. like the tactical side of things mm -hmm. so we can do more government contract work. And then I would say year five, we'll probably start launching a men's line that um, makes men feel like warriors too. I love it. Uh, do you know Catherine Basso at uh, Kadri Clothing? Have you heard of Kadri Clothing? K-A-D-R-I? I have not. I'm gonna I'm gonna connect you with her after this. She designs um, tactical like outerwear for 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 women in in special operations primarily, but more like tactical women in the tactical space because the same problem, right? Like women have to wear you know men's boots just smaller, and women have to wear you know men's pants just smaller, but the hips aren't as wide as they need to be. And then the crotch isn't working the way it needs to be. And so there might be some some opportunities for for y'all to work together if you're doing some more of the more tactical stuff there. Um, I, I will, I'll definitely connect y'all. She's she's awesome. She's been a guest as well. Um, and nice. you should you should definitely connect with her. Um, Thank you. So I, I can, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of a lot of the men in the audience right now being like, okay, so my wife wears a bodysuit and my, my girlfriend wears bodysuit and I've, I've like seen them wearing this, but I've actually never had the courage to ask the question as to why they're wearing it. So I will ask you the question, what is it specifically about, about the, the design as well, the function and the aesthetic about it that makes it like comfortable and something that you're like, yep, this is, I can sell a bunch of these. Yes. Have you ever watched the show Orange is the New Black? Mm -hmm. Okay. So pretty much bodysuits are the new t-shirt. So in the world of Kim Kardashian and Skims and, the, and Good American, these new high level brands that are just like absolutely taking over the fashion world, really all of their selling is bodysuits because it just is more form fitting, it stays tucked, you're not worried about anything coming up when you're bending over, and it's a stretchy, like it's a stretchy, breathable material. So the first thing I wanted to make sure with our product was that the material was amazing because that's super important. And then number two is just, it's gonna be stretchy and it's gonna be comfortable every day. So 
the t-shirts that we usually wear are scratchy, they're boxy, they're riding up constantly, and they are hot as hell. So I was like, that, all those problems, let's just fix that with the solution of the bodysuit. I love it. So as you launched, what were sales like and what was the response that you were getting from the consumer who said, yes, please, for the love of God, make this and send it to me. And then they got it. What, what was the response like? Yes. So let's do numbers. I'm like super open with it because it. I think as a, as first of all, first of all, as an entrepreneur, as a solo entrepreneur, it's very important to be transparent with that. So year one, when we launched in June of 2021, we started taking pre-orders just to kind of see and put that into the inventory. Um, we probably finished the year with $20,000. That's it. So about half the year, $20,000. I was excited. I was like, oh my gosh, we're bringing in about a grand, two grand a month, like whatever. I'm like, this is exciting. So once we actually started going to these in-person pop-up shops and social media presence started growing, we started building a following and an ambassador program. That was super key. In 2022, we finished the year with 86,000. So I was like, all right, we're growing. We're getting more like two to 3,000 a month, like four, whatever, blah, blah. In 2023, year to date, we just hit 100K year to date. So we're already growing. Yeah. We're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm like this growth. I think we've like pretty much 4X or 5X our company since we've, you know, every year we're growing 2X or 3X, whatever. So it's like, we're seeing this growth and it's organic. And that's the thing too. We've done literally, I think $100 in paid ads. And wow. so all of it is organic because of how just our veteran community is such a word of mouth community. I mean, yeah. once you get, once they know you, once they get to know you, everyone's going to know what you're doing. So as we continue to grow organically, I've been really trying to put my time and energy, not into paid ads, but into in-person events. Cause that's where we see the most bang for our buck. So I'm excited. I think projected this year, we should be hitting around if we keep growing at this rate, 200, 300,000, but we're also expanding and diversifying our sales channels. So not just direct to consumer, but we're going to start developing our government contract side of things, which you know can blow shit out of the water like right away. That's the so. move right there. Get move. that get that government contract. So yes. um, what's the team? Who Who's on the team? Is it, is it just you up to this point? And what's that workload workflow been like? How have you? Because I think just context, there's a lot of, I, I could probably hear a lot of people in the audience getting really excited, like, oh, wow, you could, I have an idea. And I, I, I take the step out onto that ledge and I go talk to the people and I, I get all these things. And then they realize, wait, who's doing all this work? And it's probably just you, right? <laughs> so um, I have, I'm the full, only full-time employee, yes, yeah. but I do have contractors. So cool. photographers, um, videographers, obviously, like getting the content yeah. for social media, that's important. I have a business coach that I pay monthly. So that's important, um, I think, for just like development and mindset as a CEO. Um, and then I have a marketing agency that I just brought on this year. They help with my email marketing, text marketing, a um, little bit of social media strategy, and just like in-person pop-up shop strategies type of things. I did hire a bookkeeper last year, which is super important. And... I also kind of brought on part-time my friend who I like cheered with in college, but she works for like Macy's and stuff, the operation side of things. So supply chain, logistics, making sure I, and I also have a distributor who actually packages everything for me and puts it out there. So sure. technically I'm the only one full-time, but everyone is kind of like handling those things. So I'm not like packaging orders. <laughs> right. But you are the one who's, who's, you know, project managing this whole thing and making sure that all those pieces are in place. And some yeah. of them, it sounds like you just put in place fairly recently. Right. Yes. Yes. Like this year, last six months type of thing. Yeah. I was like, all right, so, we're at the point. So initially year one, year two, it's, it's you doing the, the vast, vast majority of it. It is me and the boyfriend helping me package some yeah. stuff. You know how to sure. bring the yeah. family. Yeah. You gotta, gotta put them to work for sure. Um, <laughs> what was your mindset? Like, what did that, like one year in you're excited, sales are pretty good, you know, but you know, it wasn't a windfall or anything like that. Did you, were there any moments of, of discouragement? Were there any moment thoughts of like, man, I, I don't know if I want to be doing this? Like, how, how did you how did you attack that resistance as it attacked you? Such a great question, Carrie. Um, I literally just talked to my business coach about this. And sometimes you're going to have, I realized that I go, 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 go to crash. And I started doing like all year one, I was like, go, 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 crash. And then it's just like two, three days where I was just like, I can't even look at this right now. I was like, I just can't even look at this. I took a day to the beach. Like, I'm just like, I can't do it. And I realized how unhealthy that was because I'm like, I'm killing myself. My boyfriend's like, dude, like you just knock out for like three days. And I'm like, I know. So what I started to do was to start integrating more discipline and self-routine back into my schedule. Because when you get out of the military too, I just transitioned in June, 2022. So I'm like a year out now. 
And as we all know, the transition process is a whole thing. Like you want to just say like, screw it. Like don't, and nobody tell me what to do. I'm waking up, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I dove into the entrepreneurship world, just thinking like, I don't need all that. Just, I don't need to have a routine. And so now in year two, I'm like, okay, Haley, 7 a.m. Wake up. You're finishing at 10. Like you, this is what you're doing. And integrating that slowly back in so that I feel more in control and I don't go, 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 crash. It's more of like, okay, go rest, go rest, go rest. Yes, that is a really important thing, I think, for entrepreneurs to do in general. And it's also a really important thing for for transitioning service members to realize that, you know, and because I've talked about this before with folks, there's so many benefits that we get being in the military, right, where where you show up to do a very difficult job in very difficult environments. So that part notwithstanding, everything's provided for you, healthcare, housing, food, salary, like everything's just there. The other, the, those are kind of like more of those like, uh, you know, uh, physical things that we think about, but the other things we don't always think about are what you just mentioned, which is that routine is built in, um, that community is built in, all those things are kind of provided for you. And then once you separate, you know, you think the grass is greener on the other side, but you have to not only establish all of those physical things that cost money, but you have to establish all those other things that cost, you know, emotional costs, relational costs, whatever it might be, and not always cost in a bad way, but like we have to figure out how to kind of reintegrate ourselves into our own lives. Yes. Yeah. And the biggest thing is, is not trying to forget. It's trying to learn. It's trying mm. to understand the positives and the negatives that you just went through in the military and trying to build upon those. So what I realize is that I enjoy being a part of the veteran community. I love it. I, I'm a part of Bunker Labs. I try to give back as much as I can. I did the veteran Shark Tank thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is awesome to be on the other side. But what I what I wanted to, the one thing that was kind of the negative thing for me with the military, what really made me separate was the lack of freedom. And now what I do is I integrate freedom and travel as much as I possibly can. So that's pop-up shops and actually traveling to different, you know, academies and all these things. And that allows me to still be integrated, but it also allows me to do what I love. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I mean, one of the, one of the benefits of, of living an entrepreneurial life, if you can pull it off is to, is to use those business opportunities to travel, to kind of get some of that un, unplugged, you know, whether it's unplugging or whether it's just, you know, being in a new place, doing a new thing, you know, putting a, you know, putting a meal on a budget or something like that, you know, where you're not like always having to like really think about that, you know, just for, for your own personal finances or whatever it might be. My wife and I were talking about that. We both work in, in um, film production, advertising, marketing and things like that. And actually just before this dropped her off at the airport, she's going out to Vegas for, for a, a shoot. And we were talking about it like, it's a really cool, I mean, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, she's going to be working, but she's going to Vegas. She's going to eat at really some great restaurants and stay at a nice hotel and like do all these fun things. And it's like, yeah, it's work, yeah. but it's also, you get to you get to experience some of those things. And if you like that, right? Not everybody likes travel. I like travel like that, but yeah. yeah. Same. Where is she staying? Cosmo? Aria, I think. Oh, yes. Those are my favorite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, she's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's doing I, a, a really, she's going there for a WNBA all-star weekend. Um, she's, she's directing a, a feature film about three, um, WNBA players. And so it's all-star weekend. So she's going out to do some kind of follow stuff and um, some interview stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's super cool. That's sick. Oh my gosh. How cool. And the people you get to meet, like just like high achieving people. That's amazing. Are you going to, um, the military influencer conference in November in Vegas? Um, so I, you're the, like the third person in the last couple of weeks who's asked me about this. So that's one thing I haven't done anything. Like you mentioned Bucker Labs, you mentioned, I haven't integrated into any of those things quite yet. You know, I just hit 50 episodes released this, this week as of this recording. Um, which, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. And like most people quit after four or whatever it is. And so I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, this thing is real, you know, 50 episodes in this thing is real. I'm interviewing real people, real entrepreneurs. I got to start thinking about how to integrate into the community on that front, going to some of these events and doing some of those things. So short answer is no, right now I'm not planning to go, but the, the long answer is, yeah, I got to figure out how to do that. Okay. Well, please let me know if you go, I'll be there for sure. It's, yeah, it's certainly, it'll be cool. Yeah, uh, I certainly will. Um, okay, cool. So what, what does the future, I, I want to kind of pivot over to the, the, re the retreat stuff here, but before we do that, what does the future of Torch look like for you? in the next couple of years, the next five years, what's your, when, what's your vision for it? The vision, the short and simple is I want, have you ever heard of the company figs? I don't think so. They are basically transforming the scrub community in the health, in the healthcare. Oh community. yes. So yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. They're yeah, like yeah. revamping scrubs. 
I want to become like the figs of the military. So that's the whole thing. Extended product line, community-based, you know, traveling all over the world, global market, government contracts. Like that's what I see. I see my my heart kind of lies in ROTC and the military academies. The Mm -hmm. cadet level of your military experience is so special. And I think, especially as for women, I really want to be able to tap in and be very present in that time in their life. So I'm excited to maybe have like, um, you know, be in AFES and they can go actually shop in person and have our mm-hmm. products there or cadet stores stuff like that. So that's kind of the future. Um, sorry, what was your next question? <laughs> well, actually, I, was, I want to go, I want to chat the retreat, oh. but, but actually on that front, cause you've talked about getting into um, retail, right? And retail around military bases and retail around colleges and kind of like look at the ROTC. You're, you have a specific kind of vision for how you're targeting um, your audience at the beginning of their military career, which I think is a really important thing. And it's a really unique insight. Can you talk a little bit about how you arrived there and, and why you're doing that? Yes. So um, like I told you before, I was a professional cheerleader for the 49ers and the Falcons. So my love for dancing and cheer has always been there. I was invited to the Air Force Academy to do a workshop with their dance team. And after doing that last year, I realized just how much they were like craving that female mentorship, like who was like that cool older officer, but like not like a general, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh man, like, and so I did, I went to the Air Force Academy, I went to West Point, I went to the Coast Guard Academy, I went to VMI. And just like, I felt just, I've always been a coach too. I I just coached um, like an all-star cheerleading team, like six to 12 year olds, whatever. Young women, I just think it's so important to infuse that fearless attitude, that never subtle attitude, and to inspire them to be the best version of themselves. So at that crucial part, that can transform them into the leaders that they will be in the future. So the academies, I have a soft spot for them, and I'm just excited to kind of tackle um, that crucial time in their, in their life. Yeah, I mean, I also think it's it's so clutch to, to be a vendor for somebody for 20 years instead of like catching them in the, you know, after their first assignment where maybe they've purchased all the the t-shirts or whatever that they, that they may have already needed to purchase. But if you're supplying it, uh, whether it's through retail or, you know, kind of like directly, uh, you know, through the military, um, uh, you know, through um, like that government contract, whatever, you know, it's, it's a really, I mean, that, that, that could be a, a legitimate revenue differentiator for you. Yeah, it's brand loyalty. And you love something and you're like, oh man, I'm sticking with these people. And the cool thing is too, I got a little inspired from Barstool. Like um, mm-hmm. they kind of started in the college space and they capitalized all that college space. And I was like, that's such a great market. I mean, everyone's so fresh and young and excited. It's like, that's where you want to get, them. especially I remember me as a kid, I'm like, I was high achieving, like Razzy Nazi all the way. And I'm like, that's where you want them right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> no doubt. So uh, that's actually an interesting point. Um, and so I want to ask you about that Barstool influence and then also your, your business coach. Cause one thing that I realize a lot of service members that are transitioning or, or service veterans that have transitioned that I talk to will tell me about all the other veterans that they are surrounded with in their network, which is awesome, right? We need to support each other. We need to be around each other. We need to um, maintain that community. But the one thing that tends to be missing is entrepreneurial expertise or, you know, pillar or vertical expertise that might not come from a fellow veteran or a fellow service member. It'll come from somebody who didn't spend that portion of their life serving, spent that portion of their life actually building the skill and the thing that you need to leverage or do yourself. And so when did you decide to get a business coach or why did you decide to get a business coach? Like, did you think about those things at all? And then, uh, and then I want to kind of chat about how you're looking at influences outside of the military, like Barstool. Definitely. So um, I like to work out. And when COVID hit, I thought I wanted to be a personal trainer. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this whole thing. So I saw this guy that I followed on Instagram, like from Penn State, and I reached out to him. I was like, how do you be? He was a personal trainer. Like, how do you do this? And it just really was kind of lucky. I'm not gonna lie. He's like, we started talking and he started telling me how to do this whole personal trainer thing. And I just realized that everyone wanted to be a personal trainer during COVID. <laughs> and then I was like, he's like, yeah, I don't think this is for you. But then I started talking to him about Torch and my idea with like my businesses. He goes, hold on. He's like, my girlfriend is a business coach and she specialized in luxury retail. She went to school for like clothing, fashion, all this stuff. I'm going to link you guys. And it's just like, again, I feel so thankful and fortunate that that happened. And she's been amazing. And that was literally covid so like 20 end of 2020 right before i was like about to get out so i would say like in december of 2020 so 
right when I knew I was about to transition out, again, I'm an athlete, so I automatically assume I need a coach. I need somebody to kind of be there for me, um, walk me through this, inspire me, motivate me. And so that's when I reached out for the coach. And she's been amazing ever since. And like you said, she has no military experience at all, but her experience in the luxury retail space has allowed me to develop a brand that's not so cornered in the middle. It can be experienced by everyone even though it's for it's for military women it can be so like um multi multi-dimensional yeah dynamic for sure like there's yes. like we, we were joking before we started recording about the olive drab color hat that i'm wearing and then my you know my wife is you know, uh, you know, she's like, oh, we've got enough olive draft stuff, but there's no doubt I'm sending her to this website to be like, hey, pick a color, pick some SKUs that, you know, that that work for you that aren't necessarily that, you know, uh, but we do outdoor stuff too. So that like might work, uh, but I think, so part of that's lucky, but part of it's not, right? Like sure. And and, and I, listen, I, I agree and, and acknowledging and being fortunate all that stuff that I think is important. Uh, I don't mean to minimize that aspect of it, but you're not going to get lucky, quote unquote, if you're not reaching out to people to have conversations, especially about something you may or may not want to do, this journey starts as, hey, I think I might want to be a personal trainer because, you know, we're all stuck in our houses during COVID and going crazy and, you know, looking up our own workouts and all that stuff. And then you talk to a guy and he has the the uh, courage to be brutally honest enough with you to say, hey, I don't think this is for you. And then you say, okay, cool. But what about this idea? So it's lucky, but it's also not. It's back to that human to human, heart to heart, mind to mind connection about all of the things that make us who we are that lead to these other opportunities. Yes, exactly. And I'm going to do a shameless plug right now to Penn State University. I'm telling you, y'all got the best alumni association ever. And it was the best decision to go to that school. Ohio State's great too. But all I have to say is, like, I think people, again, it's one of those things like with the military, you, you distance yourself and you kind of forget, like you said, that your past and the people that could really, you could reach back out to and be like, any ideas here? And I've never been afraid to reach out for help. I've never been afraid to ask the questions. And I've never been afraid to say like, all right, like I got this idea, like who's going to help me bring this to life? And I don't feel like I need to guard anything. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, I don't want to share anything. I'm nervous. Someone's going to take my idea, all that stuff. Like never been afraid of that because I think what's for me is for me too. Yeah. I mean, also ideas are useless, you know, like you should be worried about people stealing your execution, which most people aren't going to steal an execution. So, you know, it's like, it's, you're the one who's still gonna have to do all that work. Um, exactly. in, in, in terms of your, so I think Barstool is such an interesting one, right? Because Barstool uh, kind of occupies this, you know, very bro, at least it used to, I mean, it still does, but like a woman runs the organization. They kind of have this like bro-y, you know, very like kind of fratty, different thing that they occupied culturally. And then now they've, they've certainly um, done interesting things by reaching out to different, more diverse audiences in different ways. Um, so mm -hmm. they're a really interesting um, case study in, in like how to scale something. Um, what was it about them that, that you initially kind of latched onto to be thinking about like, oh, okay, that's an interesting template. And do you think, do you make it an intentional practice to look at other organizations that are outside of your pillar vertical to, to still kind of try to do that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, dope is dope. Like if it's dope, it's cool. Like I'm like, I don't care if it's in fashion. I don't care if it's in sports. I don't care if it's in whatever. I'm like, that's cool. How do I bring that part of it into my business? Barstool, it's funny, me and my boyfriend, we watched Joe Rogan, Dave Portnoy came on and he was no. talking about popping the champagne for everybody that basically has ever screwed him over. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, look, I'm a competitive person. Like, that's all I have to say. Like, and it is funny. People have told me no along this journey. A lot of people have told me this is a stupid idea, all these things, or people who have like, basically said, I don't want to help you. And, and I'm just like, all right, cool. And instead of getting mad about it, it's fuel. And I know it's like, mm -hmm. that's a typical entrepreneur thing, but like, it fuels me. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna start making my pop. So Dave just kind of like his whole story just kind of resonated with me. And then I started looking into his business. I'm like, this is really awesome. And then I saw it started in the college space. I was like, genius. So genius recognize genius and real recognize real and dope recognize dope. So bring it all in. No, I, I love it. Uh, yeah, it, it is like, yeah, it's very entrepreneurial, but like, well, it's it's an important refrain to have and and to, and to keep amplifying because I think, you know, I, I do that all the time. I find myself, my wife and I were talking about this on, and we listened to that Rogan episode on a drive <laughs> last year, a couple years ago, whenever it came out, I remember it. And like, that was a, it was a, it was a good episode and kind of one of those things where you're just like, man, it's always really interesting to hear kind of what's behind people in those kinds of situations and scenarios. But 
other things will come from other things in terms of, you know, ideas and, and opportunities and potential ways in, right? So if you're, right. if you're struggling with one particular project, take your mind off of that project by thinking about something completely different. And you might be able to pull something that kind of fills that hole that you're, that you're struggling with in that other thing. And I think especially people who don't maybe haven't built anything or maybe haven't scaled anything yet, they think like you have to be hyper-focused. You have to, you know, seven, seven to midnight every night and I ha- every day. And I have to be focused, focused, focused. It's like, yes, it requires focus and discipline, but to your point, you have to integrate rest and you also have to integrate kind of maybe consumption, uh, intentional consumption of other things um, to, to yes. get your brain and heart going in different ways. Yes. And play and play. You play. have to have yes. fun. Play. I still take yeah. dance classes up the street in LA. I, like, I'm like, all right, let me just get loose. Get out of your head, get into your body. Like it's important. It's important. No, absolutely. Yeah. Out of your head and into your body. I, I love that. I say that all the time. Um, okay. So let's talk, let's talk retreats. Um, when did you build this business? My gosh, it was before torch. Okay. It was around the same time as I was thinking about personal training because I saw a lot of my girlfriends getting, um, because I'm 20, I'm about to turn 29. A lot of my friends are getting married, having bachelorette parties, all those types of things, and I'm like, I've never been invited to one. This is how you know I'm not a drinker. I, I'm just like, I don't like to go get trashed with my girlfriends. Like, I'm just like, I don't enjoy that. I would prefer to go and like experience something new or, or, you know, go take a dance class or whatever, do something like fun. And it, it, like, I don't know. I just don't think drinking and getting trashed the whole weekend is fun. So I thought about, okay, why can't I just build these retreats and bring women together instead of us getting trashed? We like talk about leadership development and we talk about like how to be more genuine partners and relationships and all these different types of things, like actually becoming better versions of ourselves instead of like just getting trashed. And I decided to launch Seeking Set Free with Haley Marie. And it was just all about like seeking what sets your soul on fire instead of like degrading yourself and like <laughs> looking, just always focusing on like trying to find a relationship. It's more about becoming more on whole with yourself. So my first one was in Napa Valley. We did it all up. We had five girls fly out. It was like my beta project, my beta retreat. We did all the expensive things, all this stuff, blah, blah. And it was a hit. And I was like, this is amazing. Next one we did in Santa Cruz. This is when I made the 49ers cheer team. And I did it with the 49ers cheerleading team. My oh, coach cool. was like, yeah, she was like, can you plan this for us? Like, I don't want to plan this retreat for us. And I was like, yes, I can absolutely do it. We did it. It was amazing. And that's when I fell in love with the pro cheer team space, because I'm like, again, a really crucial time in a woman's life. You're probably between the ages like 18 and 25. A lot of people assume you're just trying to chase NFL players. And it's like, how do you leverage this NFL cheerleading space to actually level up your personal brand? So we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about body positivity. We talk a lot about teamwork and coming together as women instead of competition it's all about collaboration and we just did it with the Atlanta Falcons my old teammate my old team that I cheered with um a couple months ago and that was amazing and so in I think in Vegas so I get another Vegas convention all the NFL cheerleading team directors who actually run the teams they go to Vegas for a conference and we're going to be going there and pitching um our company to them so we'll probably get some retainers with different teams and be the retreat team for all professional cheer teams so I'm really excited about that that's dope. Um, that's a great idea. So my sister dances for the Lovables in Chicago. No way! Yeah. I probably know her. What's her name? Uh, Claudia Brower. What's her name? Claudia Brower. I've probably seen her. I love the Lovables. Yeah. She's so gonna cute. be embarrassed. She's especially gonna be embarrassed when I when I put um, when we just pulled this as a reel or just put and post post this um, on on Instagram. But um, it's okay. But no. We got a link. I got a link with her. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll, I'll connect you. Um, but yeah. So we. Um, so yeah, she and I, she's been doing it for two years now, I think like two years ago, super awesome. I'm so proud of her. She was in Cal. we grew up in San Diego and she was in California, uh, working in sales. And she was like, Hey, I hate it. I hate this. I really want to, um, I, my dream is that, you know, uh, Lakers, uh, heat bulls, Knicks, right? Like that was kind of like the four for on the, on the, uh, um, basketball side, NBA side. Uh, she's okay. like, the lovables have, have a, a tryout. And I was like, Oh, when is it? And she's like in two weeks. <laughs> and uh she's like what should i do and i was like well you should go and you should try out and Aww. she's like uh, good brother okay. good brother yeah <laughs> so she did and she made it and then quit oh. her sales job and moved to chicago and she's like she's you know attending bar and and kind of like doing the whole thing and like having a really good chicago experience and having a really good lovables experience and a really good just like fully kind of integrated life um which which i think is awesome but you brought up a really interesting point and something she and i've talked a little bit about and i, I think it can apply to to, to my audience and those of you listening, if it doesn't, I'm interested in this part of the conversation. So we'll keep it going. Um, 
leveraging one opportunity to to develop a personal brand. And I, I know people think that's a negative thing. It's not right to like develop a personal brand to leverage other things. So like using one position and, and uh, you know, with NFL and NBA dancing and cheering pay is not great. Right. So you're not there necessarily just for that. You're there for this kind of these other opportunities. Can you talk about what leveraging those opportunities, like the nuts and bolts of that look like? Absolutely. It's called success stacking. That's what I like to say. It's success stacking because if you continue to grow and build off of your past accomplishments, it's only going to make what you used to do look better. So even for what I've done with building a business, becoming an NFL cheerleader is amazing, but do you just want to be known as that your entire life? That's the former NFL cheerleader. That's the former NBA cheerleader. Like you want to keep bringing that up. It's like, it's old, it's old news. Like how do you, how do you stack your successes? So what I realized is that a lot of women do feel a little bit of shame. Like I'm not going to, I don't want to use this organization. It's like, this organization is using you too. It's the same thing for the military, right? It's like people, you, this is a reciprocal relationship. If they are giving you the opportunity to shine and to have your face out there, it's your duty to yourself to be able to launch yourself into what you want to do next. And you have to be proactive in what you're thinking about. So whenever I've been on a team, it's not about, what can these people do for me? It's more of how can I, how can I become a better version of myself? So then in return, this organization looks better too. Like, oh, wow, Haley was a part of this organization. So it just kind of keeps stacking. And it's like you said, it's just all about being reciprocal in your thinking. It's like, if I'm doing great, you're doing great. Same thing about your circle of people that are around you, right? Like, and that's why professional truly need is so amazing. I have such a passion for it because the women, as you understand, the women who make those teams are like high, high caliber. I mean, we are top, top. I've cheered with Olympians, professors, doctors, like surgeons, like women who are top, top, top. And we don't get the recognition and the understanding of how much time and energy is put into actually getting to that point. Were you, uh, have you been to, I'm sure you've been to a couple of her dance competitions when you were younger. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so you get it. You know what I mean? Like all day yeah. of competition, you're at dance practice all the time. You're doing every type of, you're doing ballet to jazz to tap. You're doing all these different types of things. You have to be a Swiss army knife. And yeah. I think the one thing, and this is what I'm very passionate about is we do not teach women, especially in this pro cheer space. We teach them how to look good and, and, you know, be the face and be the ambassador. But what if we taught them hardcore business skills and we've taught them how to actually develop their personal brand? Because once they actually can develop products or services, again, that brings more attention and that brings more revenue and that brings more credibility to the team. It's like, okay, these girls are getting money. Cause like you said, we don't get paid that much, but if we teach them how to make money and be on these teams, it's just a win-win all around for the, the, the organizations and the team. So my top goal would be to be able to go into these organizations and these teams and teach them hardcore business skills to actually start making money so is that i mean that's that's i do just cosine uh, cosine <laughs> squared like absolutely um but so is that what seems so these retreats that you're doing with with these uh, hopefully doing with the with all these teams uh, is that is are they skill building retreats yes. what, take us take us through what they look like like what are what, what do you do Yes. So it's a mixture between team bonding and skill building. So we walk in, we do like team built team um, dinners and everyone gets all dressed up and kind of, we break down the coaches, say something. And um, I'll just kind of walk you through my Atlanta Falcons retreat. So we get there, we did dinner. We had um, our coaches come up and say something. Then we all woke up early in the morning. We did a yoga class all together. We did, um, we brought in a guest speaker to talk about team, the team dynamics. Also business. I led a business leadership business leadership workshop. And then we also did an entire thing on manifestation and like, you know, the mindset side of things. So it's, it's mind, body, and soul usually that's mm -hmm. integrated into the retreat. And then we finish and we do, we do usually try to do like a yoga or something a little bit like a physical activity again, to get out of your mind into your body. And then we wrap it up with like um, a scavenger hunt where everybody has to break apart and like do something really fun. So it's like fun aspects, serious aspects, and getting to know each other on deeper levels. So it's exciting. I, I I literally love them. They're the best. That's a whole like a whole human concept. I love it. It's exactly. And you think about I'm sorry just to interject here, but you think about cheer camp, right? I'm sure you're again your your sister's been to like dance camp, cheer camp, whatever. It's all about the the dance. It's all about the technique. It's all this, but it's like what's really important again as athletes, it's the mindset. It's how we're actually visioning ourselves. If we feel like we aren't good enough or if we're not like good enough to be on the team, we're not gonna be able to perform our best. So it's all about 
breaking that mindset side of things, bringing that into the dance cheer camp, and also bringing in the hardcore skills of making money. And then it's just, again, like you said, whole woman concept, like in the Air Force, whole airman concept, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Air Force doctrine just never leaves us. We have it just in the back of our brains forever. Um, Excellence first. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. excellence in all we yeah, do exactly. yeah exactly um yeah it's funny um oh man i'm so excited to, i'm so excited to kind of to follow that and see where it goes um and, and super stoked to, to see how those turn out and and once you do some more of those we'll have to have you back to to chat through how how all of those are going um and then a third thing somehow you have some time to do some coaching of your own a little bit. I've dialed back. Bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm like yeah. a little consulting. Um, I just was it. I just became an expert on intro. I don't know if you've ever mm. heard of that app. Um, you can basically book calls and with experts from all over the world, all different types of CEOs. I think um, the CEO of Reddit, what's the guy's name? Who's married to Serena Williams. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. I you can like, about. yeah, it's kind of cool. You can book like a 15 minute call with him for like $400, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I just became an expert on that platform. So people can book a call with me and um, we can kind of dive into some marketing, accounting, all these different types of things, like specific aspects of your business. I can help. Oh, that's really cool. I'll have to check that. I'll have to check that app out. Um, yeah. Intro that, app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Um, okay. So, I mean, uh, to, to kind of wrap things up here, I've been asking an open-ended question to finish each podcast what is on your heart and mind for our community right now? So the veteran military community, whether that's a piece of advice, whether it's something you just want to get off your chest or something we've already talked about that you want to reiterate, what's what's on your heart, what's on your mind? I just want to say thank you. Um, I think it's just really having a sense of gratitude for the community that has allowed me to blossom into the woman I am today and has given me the skills and the community and the the warmth that I think a lot of other organizations don't have. I know we have our faults, but I'm just thankful that whenever I walk into a room and whenever I say I'm an Air Force veteran, it's, it's a recognition, it's a understanding like me and you have, it's just a feeling of belonging and I couldn't be more grateful to be a part of the veteran community and I want to make you guys proud that's really what it comes down to I love that that is a uh, that is a great answer uh, and I, I echo those sentiments I feel the same way where can people find you and your organizations on social online we'll link everything out in the show notes and all that and, and tag uh, accordingly but wh- where do you want to drive traffic yeah let's go to Instagram all my links are in there so at I am Haley Marie and you can find me on there all my businesses are in my bios Awesome. Well, listen, I sincerely appreciate the time. It's been awesome to get to know you. I'm, I'm sure this will not be the last time that uh, that we chat and certainly won't be the last time we record a conversation. And uh, this one will be going live live next month here pretty quickly. So I'll start posting some things and uh, requesting some photos and all that good stuff. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get this out and um, super excited to see, see where you, um, where you take all of these things. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. This was freaking awesome. You're awesome. Ah, Thank you're you. very welcome. All right. We'll see you. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.